0: Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to have your company. A very special shout out to my new Patreon sponsors, Howard and Eric. Thank you so much. And thank you to all my sponsors who contribute each week to keep the podcast on the road. You can sponsor the podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. Thank you for your kindness. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James. The Camino invites you to walk to explore, to step out of your door and out of your comfort zone and into a life of exploration. There are many and varied Caminos. The most popular is the Camino Francaise, from the French village of Saint Jean-Pierre de Port, 800 kilometres or 500 miles west to the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela. The Camino is a pilgrimage, and the reward is kneeling before the remains of Jesus Christ's Apostle Saint James, in a crypt beneath the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela, which translates as St. James Under a Field of Stars. I discovered the Camino in around 2005. I was running my fingers along the spines of self-help books on my mother's bookshelf. Mum was studying theology and had read Shirley MacLaine's The Camino. I only vaguely read it that day, and then five years later I was back at my parents' house after the death of my little brother. And I found myself again scanning the titles on the shelf. And I I picked up the Camino and made a commitment to myself that one day I'd walk it. And it took me seven years to get there. But I got there, and my life's never been the same. It's interesting to reflect on why it has had such a big impact on me. It helps, I'm sure, that I speak to pilgrims every week for this podcast. But more than that, it provides respite for me. Working on the podcast each week, I'm taken back. I can catch a glimpse of what the Camino brings to so many. Just this week, a couple from the United States wrote to me to say they'd just finished a 65-day Camino through France and Spain. And I wrote to them, I'm sure those around you are warmed by your Camino glow. And there's nothing quite like the sound of a group of pilgrims. I've been to conferences, I've been to gatherings, and you can hear a joy in the voices of those gathered. You hear it in town squares, on the Camino. You hear it in the emails I receive, in the songs people send me that they've written, in the books that pilgrims write, the poems that they write. Carrie Stage, one of the pilgrims I was talking about, he just returned from a 65-day Camino walking alongside his wife, Linda. Carrie sent me a poem this week. It's called Now on the Camino. What is it that draws us back? Waking each morning, no decisions to be made, not even knowing the day. Where I will be, our morning cafe, where I will lay tonight. Stepping onto the trail, we walk. The sun rises, we walk. Comes a village fountain, we fill our water and walk. A shade tree, a bench, we take off our shoes, we rest, then walk. No thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow we'll take care. We're here now. Walking. Pilgrims walking Buen Camino. All following the same path, the same direction. How far today? We'll know when we get there. We are here now, friends, talking, sharing, walking. What's happening to us on this Camino? A quiet appreciation for now. Where we belong. Now because here on the Camino Now is all there is. Buen Camino. Now, we're often told to live in the now, but is it as easy as that? The the answer is no. It takes time and work and dedication, much like the time and work and dedication to prepare for and undertake pilgrimage. I had a couple of examples of Camino worlds colliding this week, and I hope to bring you some big news in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. But the colliding of those worlds made me think of a quote I'd written down years ago and I've been wondering when it might find itself on the podcast. It's from one of the great self-help books, The Second Forty Years by Edward Steiglitz. The important thing to you is not how many years in your life, but how much life in your years. Step out the door. Go on a pilgrimage. I have another father-son combination podcast this week and I'm so excited to undertake this discussion, this Camino, this journey. Australians Grant and James Long are on the line. Welcome, pilgrims.
1: Hey Dan. Thanks, Dan.
0: I'm so excited about this discussion because there are some fantastic worlds colliding. Grant, I'll start with you. El Camino, tell us how it came into your lives.
1: It came into my life in 1998. I was um, in Europe and found myself in the village of Bazelay in France and I was sitting in a beer garden having a beer and there was a Dutch couple and we got to talking and they told me that Bazelay is a really important place and Bazelay, if anyone there's ever been there, it's a very small village. So I was sitting there thinking, what? What's so important about it? And they said, well, this is the starting point for a pilgrimage to Spain and Veselay is not far south of Paris. And I thought, well, it's a fairly long way to walk. This seems a little bit crazy. Um, But they explained to me, no, the pilgrimage path goes down south through France, makes its way into Spain, and eventually finishes in Santiago de Compostela. And at the time, and I still am a bushwalker, and the thought of walking hundreds of kilometres was really just seemed a little bit crazy. Anyway, year, years passed, and like many uh, pilgrims, you know, the movie The Way comes out, and uh, I took my dad to see it. And it was only a few minutes into the movie, and I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to go do this. This looks, <laughs> this looks like a great adventure." Um, fast forward to 2019, and I put it to James, "Look, do you, do you want to walk the Camino?" And thankfully he said yes. Um, But like many people, our plans got scuppered. So um, we have to wait till this year to walk.
0: Yeah, the bloody pandemic. What a spanner it threw in everyone's works. James, I'll come to you. What comes to mind when I say the word Camino?
2: Just all the experiences I had. It was um, a great adventure, just getting up early, constantly walking, Luckily, no blisters. Um, but lots of pain, sweat, the meseta, the Pyrenees, everything. It just all floods back in in the moment. Um, but yeah, just really great experiences, great people to like to walk with, and yeah, just a great time in general.
0: And James, your dad just mentioned there that he said to you one day, "Hey, do you want to walk the Camino?" Do you remember that day? Do you remember what you felt and and what you said back to him?
2: Honestly. Um the the day he told me that uh we wanted to do it back in our uh, 2019 I was a pretty naive 13 year old that probably was like yeah I could walk 800 kilometers so I thought nothing of it but when I actually did, like like ex- like looked at some of the videos of the Camino and you know soaked it in I was like wow this is actually like a, a an experience and it's like a walk that lots of people have done and it has significant meaning to Spain so. I think that when I actually said yes that second time, I knew what I was getting myself into and it was like a sense of adventure was coming.
0: Mm-hmm. How wonderful. And Grant, you said that you'd had heard about it all those years before, then you finally watched the movie. But what was the motivation to actually step out and go?
1: Oh, that's, that's a tough one to answer. I think, as James said, the spirit of adventure, that you, you're travelling to uh the other side of the world and you're walking with people from all around the world and experiencing in a really deep and slow way the spanish culture but also experiencing really deep slow relationships with fellow pilgrims Mm. which uh was appealing but also I think I sort of rationalized it as, as an opportunity just to turn off from technology and work and the world, get away from computer screens and mobile phones and, and really just slow down and, uh, you know, try to live in the moment. Because as, as you mentioned earlier, Dan, it's it's hard to live in the moment. We, you know, we, we can say, yeah, live in the moment, but it, it takes a, a lot of uh, lot of work to do that so it was was to really just switch off Mm. switch off and 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 uh have i guess deep relationships and and deep feelings for the place
0: Yeah. yeah and so grant what was it like then to have the plan um the vision we're going to go on the camino and then COVID gets in the way
1: oh look i was devastated at the time when uh when because we were booked to fly out uh, late March in uh, 2020, when COVID was hitting, I remember distinctly sitting down with with um, Claire and my friends Peter and Karen, and looking at my phone and looking at the forums. And I'm I'm saying, "Oh, look, no, no, we're still going to go. There's there's not many albergues closing yet." And within the space of about two hours, uh, it was no, we're not going. We just can't go. Um, and so. Yeah, I was, I was devastated and it was horrible to cancel flights and, and I just thought the opportunity was gone, that James and I would never have that opportunity again. Um, but I think the, but, uh, in a way it was a benefit because it meant that when James and I walked, he was 15, so he was bigger, stronger, and I think it meant he could enjoy the Camino a lot more than if we'd have done it when he was only 13. Sure. So in a way it was, you know, it was, I mean, COVID it's been horrible for the world, but in a way it was a a blessing for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. But James, why don't you tell us what it was like? Tell us about isolation, about not being able to see your friends. Um, Isolation for us, um, Newcastle
2: wasn't as bad as other places. I would say we had like a short couple of weeks where we weren't allowed to do anything right so in that time I just you know it was rough. I had school doing school work. it was hard to focus there was no teachers to help me when I needed help and I was slowly going off track. but then um in the first isolation we I, I went back to school. During COVID, there was like um, a handful of students in my year that went back to school and there was a teacher always on hand and it was uh, – it, it, it made COVID a better experience to see my friends and have a teacher there to help. And yeah. um, the second lockdown wasn't as strict, so I ended up just kind of growing into my adventurous and I live on the back of a, uh, a, I would say a bush in uh, Newcastle. Um and we would go walking in there every day me and my friends like we've i've explored the whole thing um so when i like you know started finding a love for nature and walking that's when i was like kind of like oh yeah like the camino i remember that what's happening and then the next year we are uh, headed over to spain so yeah
0: yeah a- and and james tell us about the moment that your feet touched the camino for the first time
2: i would say it was when we arrived in Saint John peterport mm. but i would i reckon the first time was when we walked through the um gates over to the bridge in saint john Peterport, where the are just down the road from the pilgrim's office
0: yeah
2: um and in that moment it was like oh well i've committed i've got a bit i knew i had a big day ahead of me because we cut a taxi from pamplona and i was like well here we go this is where it <laughs> begins and yeah. uh, started walking and that day was huge so um yeah but it was definitely like it was a foggy day and i was like you know here's where the adventure begins five weeks of just walking and
0: yeah it felt good it
2: felt good to be on um, just out there
0: how fantastic the so grant to you did you and james have a good relationship before the camino
1: yes yeah no, james and i they're good mates we we do a lot we've walked a lot together mm. um done the three capes in tasmania and uh right we both share a love of playing music, playing guitar, and uh, and video. Yeah, games. no, no, <laughs> video games. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're good mates. I'm, I'm I'm very blessed with my three children. They're they're really great people.
0: How wonderful! How wonderful! And James, what about post Camino? Has the pilgrim strengthened your relationship? Do you think?
2: Um. Oh yeah, it, it's bound to strengthen relationships. Um. But yeah, no. Um I had a good relationship with my dad before and I still do. Um and post uh the pilgrimage, I don't know. We still get the Camino hit like um I it will come up and then we'll talk about this and then we'll talk about that. But yeah, it was yeah, just a great experience to do it with my dad.
0: Yeah, how lovely. And Grant wrote to me, James, and said, Oh, he was telling me a story, but he, he referred to you as H A M E Z is it Hames Hamez? Oh Hamaz yeah Hamaz Wh- um, Where and what and who is Hamaz
2: Um so I think um it originated like early early like primary school I think maybe like year 2 or year 3 it um it's just, I would say it's a soccer player his name's Jamez Rodriguez he's a Colombian soccer player
0: Right
2: Um and yeah uh that's when it first originated uh and then are kind of stuck People just started calling me hammers and then um i kind of it kind of like dropped off a bit and then i went to the maldives with um some family friends and one of them called me hammers and then like it's like clicked with me and now everyone just like calls me hammers it's like all uh, right you could refer to me as james but then no uh, uh who's james i uh, no, it's hammers that's just how it
1: uh
2: is okay. now but it's a good,
0: good nickname. Yeah, yeah, James, I like it. Well, you'll be Hammers from here on. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Grant, tell us about some na- um, nuts and bolts. Did you and James stay, Hammers. Did you and Hammers stay in El Burgues when you walked? What did you do? And did you do much planning? Because post Camino, I understand it was very busy and sometimes difficult to get a bed
1: yeah it 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 was it got very busy in the last 100 kilometers but we only booked the albergue at Fires before we left because you know we, we sort of knew because it was a whole year that it was going to be busy yeah. and then the rest of the way we really mixed it up so we stayed in uh donativo um, municipal albergues We stayed in a couple of nice, (laughs) nice hotels. Um, James James sort of mentioned that the hotel had a bath on one occasion. And it was like, okay, you've got me at the bath. So we we stayed in some nice motels, But largely it was albergue. And the albergue experience, it's not for everybody, but Mm -hmm. um, it's a great way to, to bond with you, with your fellow pilgrims. Really, really good way. So we you know we met a few people who booked every night before they started the yeah. camino yeah and yeah. um for them that that was freeing because they just didn't have to think about it and when you know we'd be going into a town and getting stressed about finding a bed they could just walk in with a smile on their face knowing that they they had somewhere to stay
0: yeah yeah that's an interesting way of putting it actually I, I, as i understand it that's one of the things that has changed post covid is there are a lot more people who haven't heard their places booked. So, James, take us back to the Camino. What was it like and what did you make of meeting people from all around the world?
2: It was weird at first. I wasn't expecting so many, like, different cultures, but I knew, like, as soon as I got there that there was going to be a lot because the lady who, um, uh, the people in our first night our albergue, there was a canadian and then i think there was a family from another european country and i was like or it was an american and uh, people from a european country um and then we walked and we met a dutch lady who we were friends with for the entire camino um and then we kept meeting new cultures and i was just like wow like there's people from every country europe all the way to the americas um and it was just, it was crazy because I just wasn't expecting it. And uh, you get to learn about different people's lives and how they differ from my, like my own. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was very, very different and cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Grant, tell us about my guests from a few weeks ago, James and Leo.
1: <laughs> James, James and Leo. What a, what a great story. Yeah. So when Jemez and I were planning our Camino in 2018, we joined... We joined the Australian Friends of the Camino, and I think the very first newsletter that arrived had an article uh, written by James about um, he and Leo's Camino. Right. It was a great article, and I just thought I've got to contact these guys um, just to get some insight into walking the Camino with a child. And so I got James's details and sent him an email, and you know said, look. Can we have a chat? And he got back to me very quickly and said, Yeah, yeah, sure. Always happy to talk about the Camino. And so we ended up having a, a phone conversation in 2019. And um, you know, James gave me some great insight into into doing the Camino with a child. And that, you know, that was it. We didn't didn't speak again. And this year we were walking into Castro Juriz. And there was a, an Australian chap, I think it was Dave, from Perth. And he greeted James and I as if he knew us and <laughs> we'd never met him before. And um, I sort of looked at him strangely and said, oh, mate, we haven't met. And he said, yeah, yeah, we've met. You're that Australian father and son that are out here walking the Camino. And I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. Anyway, about two days later, um, uh Hamers, Mikhail Maths, Mikhail and Maths are two Danish brothers who we spend a lot of time with, um, walking out of carry-on, and it was a grey, gloomy day, very cold, very windy and I looked ahead and there were two pilgrims standing on the side of the road keeping in conversation and I thought i recognised them. So I, I sort of walked ahead and stuck my head around and, James, Leo, is that you? And they looked at me as if to say, who the hell are you, mate? Um, and a quick explanation and, uh, you know, shake hands and, you know, basically spend the next few hours in deep conversation. And uh, it was one of those wonderful moments of Camino magic. Yeah. And uh, we ended up spending a lot of time together um, on the Camino and, and walking into Santiago uh, together, which was just wonderful. Yeah. But they were great companions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And w- that walk, the 17Ks out of Carrion de los Condes, is a bit of a challenging walk. But I I remember seeing the photos on your blog. James, you and Leo became good friends, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, We shared a lot of interests. So on that first um, day walking out of carry-on, we just chatted for ages and we found out, like, we just talked about our own lives and, like, what we do. And, uh, yeah, we got quite close. And I think we were with them pretty much for the rest of the walk after that. Or um, we were, like, closely um, together, like they were a little bit ahead, or they were a little bit behind, and we constantly run into each other. But at the end of the walk, yeah, we were quite close, and uh, yeah, they were good friends, good friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, Grant, you wrote a blog uh, where you wrote about the trip, yes. Did you and you said it, you wrote it at night in the albergue, often lying on the bed. <laughs> did you? Ha- I, I did. Were you typing it into your phone, or was it? Did you have an iPad or something?
1: No, I have a phone, right. so uh, I polo- I apologise in advance for anybody who reads the blog and finds <laughs> typos, <laughs> because quite often it was it might have been written after a, a couple of cerveses or a couple of vino tintos and and on my phone. So um, yeah, I, when we set out, I I, I started um, the blog, and I thought I, I just really want to do this in the moment, just write it every day, um, so that it's fresh and, and honest and hopefully capturing what we felt in that moment. And uh, so, yeah, quite often I'd just be lying, lying in bed at the albergue with, you know, people busying, you know busy around me and yeah. just typing away on my blog. And, and uh, thankfully the phone service in Spain was pretty good, so I could publish it just about every day.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you think of it and what do you make of it now you're home? Do you read it now? Have you read it in a while? Because I loved it. I really in- I really enjoyed reading it. It took
1: me back. Ah, that's great, Dan. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I actually got it printed. There's a company that you, you just send them the link to your blog and they print a book. So oh. I got a couple of copies printed and, and we just have it in in uh, our living room at home and, and quite often Hemez will pick it up and flick through it and smile and laugh at something that he, he remembers. And um, I've got it. I've, got it with me now actually it's uh it, it's it, it's interesting Dan or before I did the Camino people who had done it said look when you've done it there's not a day goes by that you don't think about it yeah. and before I did it I I just thought oh come on you know that just can't be the case but <laughs> having done the Camino you think about it every day every day it comes back to you and I've got a a blue and yellow uh, scallop shell tile on my work desk at home, and and it's it's a lovely thing to carry back into your life. And I was actually talking to James Sage um, a couple of weeks ago, and and he said something really profound. He said, "Look, you can't live on the Camino as much as you would love to live on it. You can't. So you've got to take what you learn." on the Camino and bring it back into your everyday life. And, and I think that's a, a great lesson.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. That's great. Hamas, tell us about walking into Santiago de Compostela. Oh, um,
2: it was kind of euphoric. It's like, you know, you finished. finished. Um, you kind of don't want it to finish. But uh, I remember that was a really big day. Our last day was like 40 plus Ks. Ooh. So I, I remember we came over a hill from this little town. We came over the hill and I could see like the whole of Santiago. And I was just like, oh, finally. And the, the walk-in was very, it was lovely. And uh, I arrived in Santiago just looking at the um, cathedral. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was euphoric and a very special moment.
0: Yeah, Grant, was there a special place on the Camino for the both of you? Somewhere that I could take you back to in a flash? Where would it be?
1: Oh, there's so many. Um I really loved Pamplona. Yeah. It, it it for me is a, a special place. Uh and if I could go back there right now, that would be that would be quite wonderful. Yeah. Um but also the Meseta. We we walked the Meseta with Mars and McHale, who were um, Danish brothers, who we met at our very first pilgrim meal in Roncesvalles, and and spent a lot of time with. And those hours that you're walking out under that beautiful blue sky through, you know, green fields, talking and laughing, uh, singing. I I think that that'd be the point I'd like to, to go back to. Yeah. What about you, Jemez?
2: I was actually going to say Pamplona as well. Pamplona was different. It was so fun. It was just an enjoyable city to be in. Um, But, yeah, I guess any moment where I'm with, like, the boys that we're walking with, Massa, McHale, Leo and James, Anytime you're accompanied by people that, like, you really like, like, it's a really good time. There, i'm trying to think where else would uh leon leon um it was just a wet day um but we explored the town and it was nice and then there was a lot of little towns which i can't spark up the name right now but they were
0: very um, memorable to me yeah 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 it's it, where did you stay in pamplona right?
1: we stayed at the cathedral albergue which was a lovely
0: Yezu and Maria.
1: Yeah, lovely little Albergo.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't yeah, be- it? Yeah,
1: beautiful little albergo. Yeah, I it there. is. Yeah. It
0: is. I sang in the courtyard there in the in the in the garden out the back. Oh,
1: yeah. We, I love the fact that the windows next to our bunk looked out onto the courtyard. Yeah, it was, it was lovely, lovely little yeah. albergo.
0: Yeah, it is a beautiful place. Hamas, what did you learn about yourself on the Camino?
1: I
2: like. Oh no, this is a hard question actually. Um. I guess I uh, learnt that I'm. It can be be a bit annoying, um, but I always uh, get through stuff. I'm very persistent, and um, I can control my mood a lot.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, just yeah, which yeah, and uh, I learnt I learned a lot about myself, and um, and I had uh, questions of like. I don't like mortality on the walk, but I just realized like I get to do stuff like this and uh, a very happy person. And it was a, yeah, it was very good. Very fun time.
0: What a great answer. What did you learn about your father, James? He's annoying. <laughs> uh, he,
2: he, he's an old bastard. He's an old bastard. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the most I learned about dad was, uh, Dad can just like power through walking. I was not expecting it at all, but that walk was just like walk, 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 and Dad was just going. I'm like, I'm, I was, I was vibing because I'm like, you know, young and fit. But um, Dad, Dad, yeah, he's a, and Dad's always a good to have around. He's a, but he's he can, uh, control like the mood if um if it's more chill, uh, and, yeah, just. love my dad
0: good person to be around Grant what did you learn about yourself on the Camino
1: a bit like Hamez that we're far more resilient than we give ourselves credit for because at the start of the the Camino I really didn't know physically whether I could do it or not Um, you know I've got a bad bad knee and I'd had some chronic achilles tendonitis, and and I'm just really just appreciate it every day we're out there but i think we are more resilient um but also just how much i love people and i love life and you know sharing joy with people you know I, it's it's just a wonderful thing to do
0: yeah what did you learn about james while you were out there
1: Oh, he's a very caring person. He, you know, he was always looking after the people around him. And again, he's very joyful. You know, he loves, loves a good story and loves a good laugh. Um, and yeah, he's a tough little bugger. <laughs> you know, James got sick probably about two-thirds of the way through the Camino, and um, you know, who's quite ill in the stomach, um, but he just he just powered on, um, and and you know, part of that was wanting to stay with our Camino family, and um, you know, which is the caring side of him. You know, he's a very he's a very gentle soul, James.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, wonderful, James. Let me go back to you. Why do you think the Camino is so special? What, would you have had the same connection with your father, do you think, if you'd gone surfing in Bali?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I still have the same connection. I have a little bit, of, like, obviously when you spend six weeks with your dad nonstop, stop you um, get a very close connection. But, yeah, I feel like I'd have the same connection if we went surfing in Bali. We could get some bing tang shirts. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh...
0: That's funny.
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. Me and Dad's connection—we're just a very, very close father and son. So we, we have a lot of the same things in common. So I don't think anything would have changed depending on if we didn't or did do the Camino. We're still very close. Yeah, lovely. So
0: how fantastic! What a joy! What a gift! Grant, do you sometimes capture little reminders of the Camino's influence on James now that you're home?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I um, I said jokingly at the start of the Camino when we when we meet people that James left Australia a boy and return was returning a man, but I think that's definitely the case. He is now very independent and um, you know very you know he mat- to me he matured a lot. In that six weeks, and a lot of that is to do with the fact that fellow pilgrims are just so sharing, and you know he got to spend a lot of time talking to people of all ages from all around the world. And um, to me, he he came good. He he did leave Australia a boy and return a man.
0: Wow! What a great answer. And James, what do your family and friends make of Hamas the Pilgrim? I guess I, we don't, it's not a thing that pops up um,
2: a lot, but uh, they, they all said that uh, I matured a lot. And uh, like Dad said, um, but like I've just changed, like I'm a more happier person, even though I was already happy, like I'm, I'm more happy,
0: which is crazy. Grant, what advice would you give to someone thinking of walking and walking with their child?
1: Do it. Don't think about it. Don't hesitate. Just go and do it. It's just the most wonderful experience you can have with a family member or a friend. Um, just do it. And don't plan too much. Just let the Camino work its magic and, uh, you know, go with an open heart and an open mind. Yeah. And you'll have a wonderfully, wonderful experience together. Yeah,
0: yeah, fantastic. James, what piece of advice would you give me to pass on to a teenager who finds themselves on the Camino? Pack lightly, comfortable shoes,
2: and uh, maybe get your sleeping routine, like, done before the Camino because I know the first couple of weeks when I had to go to bed after walking all day and then wake up at like seven o'clock for a mediocre breakfast. Sometimes <laughs> it was painful, but, um, yeah, there's just like the little things that help a lot. So yeah. Uh, comfy clothes, stuff that's not going to be chafing. I had woolen stuff, which was all very nice to, um, wear. So yeah, I'd recommend that. And, um, uh, that's it pretty much just, yeah. uh, pack for the weather as well. Yeah. You don't want to be too hot or too cold.
0: Yeah. Grant, I asked James and Leo this question a few weeks ago. I think it provides an insight into the journey you've undertaken. What do you hope for James in his future?
1: To live life on his terms Mm. and to live a good life according to him. Yeah. Hey, that's Um, a great answer. Which, yeah, I hope will be Filled with joy and love, yeah, yeah. and more adventure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and music yeah. and poetry and walking and <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And James, what do you hope for your father in the future?
1: Really,
2: just to, uh, you know,
0: go explore more. Yeah. Uh, I
2: guess uh, just travel the world. I mean, I, he still has to work, but everyone has to work. Um, but just uh. Take take his time and go and explore the world, um, and get good at um, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because I'm just way better than him. So,
0: <laughs> Grant, Grant, tell us you mentioned a few times guitars and music, tell us about guitars and music in your lives.
1: I've been playing music from when I was in my early teens, I started. Playing saxophone and then moved over to guitar and it's just been a, a constant in my life and you know I've sort of collected and traded and and made a few guitars uh, over the years and uh, and it's interesting I'm 51 now and and looking back there were plenty of times I could have given up on on music and I'm so glad that I didn't because it's such a gift in your life and it just brings so much. Happiness yeah. um, to not only to yourself but to other people as well, and you know, I'm <laughs> one of my really happy moments is, is seeing James, you know, playing guitar, and you know, he just has a really deep love for music, which I, I just think is just wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a great. We had a, we had a guitar, saf- had a guitar safari with Leo. Jemez and, and James in Santiago too, which was a, a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow, what a place to have a guitar safari too. I mean, wow.
1: Oh, it was, blew, blew me away actually. It was was great.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Um, that's one thing I've got on my bucket list now is to shop for guitars in, in Santiago de Compostela. Uh, I hadn't even given it uh, any thought before. Isn't that amazing? There is an incredible guitar shop in Pamplona.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah we, we just didn't have enough time. Pamplona Pamplona is the one place I wish we would have spent more time, but it's so early in the Camino that you just just want to keep moving with your family.
0: Yeah, that's it. so true, so true.
1: Okay, so
0: Grant, James, who's going to tell us a Camino story?
2: Oh, I'll do it if you want. I'll yeah. do it if you want, that. Yeah. Um, uh, so it was a hot s- no cloud. there was no cloud in the sky it was just the sun beaming down hot day on the meseta um i don't know what town we just came out of i think it might have been what town would it be where we got those pizzas dad was that what we came out of to go to um Cas- castro rogeras yeah that was that was it yeah so we've come out of cash the mule killer though it was a hot hot start to the day Big hill, but I uh, continued on and uh, it got to about. I finished, we're almost done walking for the day, and we are uh, almost have arrived at the town. And We walked down a really long, I don't know, like channel, I think they're called. Um, and I'm like, oh, we're so close, we're so close, we're so close. I'm so hungry. All I, th- all I was thinking about was food, I was so hungry, and um, we are uh, make it into. From Mr. And we walk past the lock and I'm thinking, this is a little cute town. We get to the alberga. And I'm like, let's go get some food. So we walk down to the restaurant. We try to walk in to order some food. Denied. It's like, all right, we'll go to the next one. We go to the next one. We try and order some food. Denied. Not allowed. So we were like, okay, let's go. And then the guy, the owner or the chef of um this restaurant, he pointed us over the road. To another restaurant So we go over We sit down to order food I get myself a, we all get ourselves drinks The guy I oh, I wanted a pizza So the guy goes to into the back Comes back out With two frozen pizzas Asking which flavour And oh my lord, all the food Was frozen and It just didn't sit well with my t- stomach And it was disgusting And it was a shocking experience, and I will never go back to Formista if I do the Camino again. I will continue walking, even
0: if the next town is several kilometers away. That's so great. So, Grant, tell us, have you got a Camino story for us?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I think the greatest Camino story for us was on our very first night at Roncesvalles, we, we had a pilgrim meal at the restaurant there La Posada and seated around the table were Karen a lady doing her sixth Camino uh, from Holland, there was Massa uh from Denmark and there was Darren or Dazza as we christened him from, from England <laughs> Dazza. Dazza, the bogan and, uh, and what I didn't ever expect was that We'd get to Santiago, to Compostela, and we'd share that moment with all of those people that we had our first Pilgrim meal with. It was it was just wonderful. And I, I always think of that quote that luck is where opportunity, um, uh, sorry, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And uh, I think James and I were just so lucky to, to meet up with those people and then share that experience in uh in santiago
0: yeah yeah how wonderful what a blessing this has been for both of you grant do you think there's another camino on the horizon
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um it's interesting through the first part of the camino everyone's asking why you're doing the camino and for the last part of the camino everyone's asking you're gonna yeah. do another one and the answer invariably is don't don't ask me now. I need to you know just finish this thing. But I think it's, it's probably within a, a few days or weeks of getting home, and and you you start to think, wow, that was great. Where else could I do a Camino? You know, what route will I take, and yeah. uh, and, and uh, start you know imagining imagining taking months and months of time off and, and walking through France and Spain and Portugal. So yeah, there's de- there's definitely another Camino in me.
0: What about you, Hamas? Are you going to go back to the Camino de Santiago?
2: Um, I-, I will do it again, yeah. Um, but there's so many other caminos that um, th- around the world that are. Uh, I don't think the front says will be the only Camino that I do. Um, I want to go to other caminos and explore. But, yeah, I definitely will return to Spain one day. Uh, but I'll take my time. I want to spend time in Pamplona and Castro Roseras, all the towns that I did enjoy a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, isn't it? You're only there for a fleeting moment. And when you think back, you think, oh, wow, well, I wish I'd stayed a bit longer in that town. But we just sort of oh, walk definitely. on. Yeah, you just have to keep going. All right, one last question for each of you. James, tell us, what's one word that sums up the Camino de Santiago for you and why? Uh, family.
2: Um, oh. And I would say the, pe- the people that you are, like Dad said, there's um, the people that we had dinner on the first night, we walked with Karen for, or Karen, for multiple days. We always ran into each other. We uh, stayed with her for a couple nights. The Danish boys we were walking with for two weeks. We stayed in the same albergues, had the same dinner. Um, Dazza or Darren, we'd always see. We um have we'd have dinner with them and always see them down the road. But uh, yeah, it's uh I'd say family is the key word. Just because once you get close to people, you really like they kind of like stick to you, and you kind of either always see them or always with them.
0: Yeah, and so. your dad too, right?
2: Yeah, and dad. <laughs> of
1: course. Of <laughs> course.
0: Grant, what about you? Uh, What's one word that sums up the Camino de Santiago for you and why?
1: Love. Huh. And it's love of family. It's love of people, uh, love of fellow pilgrims, love of the Spanish people, love of the landscape. Yeah, it's... Uh, I wrote a blog about it actually not long ago that um, the gift of the Camino is love if you're open to it.
0: What a great place to finish. It's been such a great pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I have three sons, so I know how much it means to have a bond with them that you can cherish. And I hope that bond stays strong and true for many, many years to come. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, James. Buen Camino to you both.
2: Camino, Camino,
0: Dan. My guests this week were Grant and James Long, Australian pilgrims, and I'll put a, a link to Grant's blog in my show notes. A very special shout out to my new Patreon sponsors, Howard and Eric. Thank you so much. And thank you to all my sponsors who contribute each week to keep the podcast on the road. You can sponsor me by visiting patreon.com forward slash Dan Mullins. My quote this week was from one of the great self-help books, The Second 40 Years by Edward Steiglitz. The important thing to you is not how many years in your life, but how much life in your years. And I was just so blessed to receive a poem from Kerry Stage, one of the pilgrims I was talking about, who just returned home from a 65-day Camino with his wife Linda. It's called Now on the Camino. What is it that draws us back? Waking each morning, no decisions to be made, not even knowing the day where I will be, our morning cafe where I will lay tonight. Stepping onto the trail, we walk. The sun rises, we walk. Comes a village fountain, we fill our water and walk. A shade tree, a bench, we take off our shoes, we rest, then walk. No thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow we'll take care. We're here now, walking. Pilgrims walking, buen camino. All following the same path, the same direction, how far today, we'll know when we get there. We are here now, friends, talking, sharing, walking. What's happening to us on this Camino? A quiet appreciation for now. Where we belong, now. Because here on the Camino, now is all there is. Buen Camino. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere